words, 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 wonderful for communicating. If you actually understand what those words mean, <laughs> buying your first home could feel like you don't even speak the language. And maybe you did take two years in high school and you've got some great phrases like uh, combien sacuta or donde esta la biblioteca. But that is not going to help you discern if you need to ask your servicer to impound your PITI for deferred payments and calculating that into your monthly DTI. See, it's like another language. Time for S words, part two. What is happening, my homies? Thank you so much for being here. I'm your humble host, David Sedoni, the man with the plan to educate and empower you with knowledge. And of course, knowledge begins with, the, what do they call it? Oh yeah, it's a basic comprehension. <laughs> and then we can go from there. So of course, that means it's time to get back to our terms and definitions. This is the letter S, part two. You know the one, it's the S word expletive that we all know three times in a row and it usually just progressively gets worse and worse with funnier and funnier fail photos. That's all I can think of. And you know, speaking of expletives, uh, I know that my podcast is a non-explicit podcast and I of course always wanna be very respectful to everyone out there and all your sensitivities. But for those of you who enjoy a little bit more of the salty and graphic descriptors, you know, sometimes when I, Get a little over the top because I'm trying to help you understand all the ridiculous from the real estate industry. So we beep those for you sensitive types. But those of you who uh, enjoy things on the edgier side, you pretty much knew what I was saying. And I'm telling you, you're going to get a kick out of this first word, double entendre style. Our first S word for part two is servicer. Yeah, that's a real estate term, a servicer. Now, for you, the buyer of a home, this term usually comes into play in reference to your loan. Now, the Google definition of this is a firm that performs servicing functions. That includes collecting your mortgage payments, paying your uh, taxes and insurance, and generally managing what they call the borrower escrow account. I know they can get confusing, especially if you're in California, because you go through escrow to buy a home. But for everybody else, just so you know, your lender will hold what's called an escrow account. And they hold that when they're working with your impounds. Now, on very rare occasions, I do have clients that insist on using their bank or their credit union to do a loan because they think, hey, I have a wonderful relationship with them. I want them to help me out with my loan the whole time that I own my house. Now, this can be a bad idea for several reasons, since Number one, most of the time, the banks, the credit unions, they just have salaried employees that have very little creativity and almost zero hustle when it comes to their customer service. And most importantly to you, you also need to understand that these people usually have a very limited supply of loan products to offer you. But when it comes to servicing your loan, this is what really freaks out the one or two buyers over the years that have insisted that they have to use their credit union or their bank because they have such a great relationship with them. More often than not, yes, your loan will get sold and suddenly you're gonna get a brand new statement from guess what? A brand new servicer. Now, of course, the terms on your loan don't change, but the lender does have the right to sell your loan to a different servicer. And the next servicer has the right to do so too. 
Yeah, over my lifetime, my wife and I have had our loans sold dozens of times. <laughs> and each time we got a brand new servicer. So that's very important information to you to know. I know it can sound weird to you, but the key is it doesn't affect you in the end. You pay the same thing, same time, same terms. But just understand, if you're making a decision because you want to work with the bank or the credit union that you love because you think you're going to be able to call those same people for the rest of your loan, that's not the way home loans work. It'll get passed off to another servicer the minute that you close. And down the line, the institution that you got your home loan originally with is not likely to be the same people collecting your mortgage payments, administrating your escrow accounts, keeping track of your principal and your interest paid, doing all the administration, the delinquency management, and not the people that are going to handle your day-to-day -day activities on your loan. So feel free to always use a quality mortgage broker. And that way you can get the best rate in the terms with the best product for you at the time of purchase. And don't worry about who's going to be handling your loan after it closes because it's going to change. Our next S word is settlement. Settlement is a, another word for closing. Closing on the home. Filing with the county. Transferring the possession. Assuming the biggest loan of your life. <laughs> you break it. You bought it. You got it. Settlement is the official owning of the home. Getting the keys. Now, if you look it up on Google, it's going to say this. It's the process of completing a loan transaction at which time the mortgage documents are signed and then recorded, funds are dispersed, and the property of the transfer goes to the buyer. I like my way better. Next up is a shared appreciation mortgage. Uh, this is something you're not going to hear about too often, and there's a good reason why. Under a shared appreciation mortgage, you agree to give your lender a share of any increase in the value of your home. And it's usually done in private loan transactions. So if you do need to get this loan, I actually recommend that you take a year off, work on your budget, and then buy the home with a standard loan instead of sharing your appreciation with somebody else. Our next S is a short sale. This is something you may have heard about before. Now, it hasn't been talked about in a lot of years because we've had the magic of equity, but a short sale is something that can happen to help people avoid foreclosure, but they're incredibly complicated. So let me just explain the basics to you. A short sale, the property is being sold short or less than the debt secured on the property. That's why it's called a short sale. It's short of the amount owed. And of course, the layman's term for that means that you're upside down also what they call underwater. And if you are upside down or underwater and for whatever reason you need to sell the home at that time and your home is actually worth less than what you owe on your mortgage, then a short sale can be an alternative to foreclosure. Now this falls under the category of loss mitigation. And in this case, because it is a sale, you're actually gonna have to leave your home. Sometimes when it's not a sale, you don't have to leave, but in this case, you gotta go. If your lender or servicer agrees to a short sale, you may be able to sell your home for less than you owe, and they might actually forgive you for the extra amount owed. But keep in mind, it will hit your credit pretty badly. And sometimes you're going to get taxed for the amount that they forgave you, just as though it was income that you took in that year. So most people only going to look at short sales in case of an emergency or as a last resort or if all other mitigation possibilities don't work out. Most of the time you want to try to renegotiate your mortgage first. And, but if you can't, this is often your last step to avoid foreclosure. Now, 
short sales are not easy in many, many aspects, but one of the big ones is that the lenders, they have to approve the short sale, which means they have to go through all the numbers and figure out if it's worth them to forgive you the money. So ironically enough, short sales take a long time. I had to explain that all 2008, 9, 10, 11. It was crazy. Short sales are a big deal. And you got to talk to a tax pro. You got to talk to a real estate pro. You got to talk to a lender pro. So my biggest piece of advice is the minute you start missing payments, call and do other loss mitigation so you don't end up having to do a short sale because there's way too many pieces involved with it. And you're just trying to stay above water, literally and figuratively. Actually, no, not literally. I guess financially, figuratively, and stress figuratively. That's what that means. Our next S is single family residence. Now this can be very confusing to people. And you're wondering why the heck am I explaining it to you? Because it is often used as a legal term, a single family property or single family residence, but it's also used as a layman's term and something that you might need to know when you're shopping. The reason I'm explaining single family residence is because an SFR, as they are called, in most places, that's gonna be the difference between a condo, a townhome, and an SFR. So it doesn't necessarily exactly mean this, but in most places, your condos and townhomes are gonna be attached in some capacity or another, but your single family residences, your SFRs, they're gonna be on their own foundation, on their own lot. Now, again, this can change from county to county, and so make sure you talk to your local unicorn to get all the definitions in your area. Our next S is site build housing. Now, this is housing that's built on a construction site. And many of these homes might be prefabricated off-site, and then the house is assembled on-site. So if you're getting involved in that, make sure you know where your house is, where it's coming from, and where it's been built. The next S word is a soft second loan. Second loan could be like a second mortgage or a home equity line of credit, and a second mortgage as a soft second loan, that's one whose payment is forgiven or deferred until the resale of the property. So they're kind of a cool thing. A lot of times you can pick up a soft second loan that will actually be sometimes called a silent or a silent second. And you can end up using that to help you get into the home and it doesn't get paid off until you sell. The next S word is uh, actually begins with S, but this is a phrase, subject to inspection. This is a phrase that you and your unicorn realtor should know. Now, subject to inspection sounds like something you would hear a lot, and you are gonna hear it a couple different ways. It's written in many contracts in the United States and Canada, and buyers in both those areas, they have a contracted right to a due diligence inspection period. And sometimes you might need to use this phrase on subsequent paperwork, you know, if you're getting something repaired in the home. It's gonna be subject to inspection. That sounds normal, right? Well, that is normal, but do you know the main reason why I'm explaining subject to inspection? Because there are people that sell their homes subject to inspection. Yeah, you can't get in the house. No open houses. See, when you start home shopping, you might see some homes, especially duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes that say submit offers subject to inspection. So those of you out there that are trying to be home hackers, looking duplex, triplex, or fabulous fourplex, most of the deals that you are gonna be out there running and go look at the house, it's not like HGTV. You don't get to take your realtor and walk in the house. You don't get to go to an open house. 
No look-see inside before you write an offer. That's because most of those type of homes that are great for house hacking, they already have tenants and you have to write your offer subject to inspection. So house hackers, go ahead and put on your big kid panties. You gotta know the game, you gotta learn the rules and you can dominate assuming you know what you're doing. Now, usually this is gonna happen subject to inspection because the tenants don't wanna be bothered. The seller sells homes like this all the time and all the investor buyers, they know that and they understand it. They realize it's gonna be a renegotiation. So this means that you're gonna be up against a lot of those investors. So make sure your offer is tight, right? You gotta make sure you've got all your proof of funds, your verification of where your income is coming from, your loan all in place. You gotta be ready. And I understand the idea of buying a home sight unseen or buying blind, as they like to say, it could seem super daunting and freak you out, but by deciding you want a house hack, well, then you just jumped into the investor pool. That's the deep end. So you best know how to swim. There are some good things about it. One big good thing is that uh, you're not gonna be competing against all those other traditional buyers. But on the flip side of that, the people you will be competing with, that means they're gonna be savvy investors. Oh, by the way, I said uh, on the flip side, so time for another very quick bonus. Why do we say that right in the middle of this definition? If you guys don't know, on the flip side was something that we used to say back in the day because, well, back in the day, you would buy your favorite single song on a vinyl, but it was a 45 vinyl, not a 33. That's the big ones. And on the main side was the A side. That's where the single off the radio, that's where you bought it. And the B side had a deep cut. So we used to always say, catch you on the flip side. Like you got the A side, but the B side is the cut. And that's also a bonus. Why do we say that? That's what a song on the B side means from a deep cut. It's from vinyl. See, I thought I was going to explain to you what vinyl was, but fortunately all you hipsters are cool again. So if you're going to house hack, make sure you understand the purchase contract. You are going to have an inspection period, so it's not as terrifying as it sounds. And, you know, you'll always get that inspection period and you can cancel at any time. And the sellers are used to that and cancel with no penalty, of course, because the seller is expecting renegotiation since that home was subject to inspection. Our next S is subordinate financing. That is any mortgage or other lien with lower priority than the first mortgage. So subordinate financing is just your second, your third, home equity line of credit. Those are all subordinates. Subprime mortgage. Now, this was one that we discussed in detail in one of the other letters, and I honestly can't remember which letter it was right now because I am so old, drink, and we're at the end of the alphabet, and they're all mushing together. But you know what? You should listen to all the letters anyway because you're not buying a cell phone. This is a home. It's a big deal. Learn those terms and definitions. Our next S is a survey. Now this is a precise measurement of a property done by a licensed surveyor. It's gonna show the legal boundaries of a property as well as the dimensions and the locations of improvements. Most of the time you're gonna see these more in rural areas or in places where you're really trying to figure out exactly where your property line is. So sometimes surveys can be real important. They're not necessarily super cheap, but if you've got to figure out all the legal boundaries or easements or encroachments or rights of way, 
If you don't understand what those terms are, well then make sure that you do before you write an offer. And if you feel like you don't understand all those based on the title report and the plat map of the home, then you probably wanna get a survey. Okay, I've got one more S to go, but before I get to that last S, I wanna remind you that though uh, I currently right now am in your ear holes or your eye holes, hello YouTube, though I do personalize this podcast and I make it feel like I'm just talking to you I actually am hoping to be speaking to lots of people because this is information that really should be shared. The sole purpose of me putting this out there is so that as many people as possible, that they can know that they can buy a home instead of being stuck renting. I would love it for everyone to hear the best way for people to protect themselves. So please, please, please share this podcast. Rate and review now on Apple and Spotify. And if you help me out by doing that, getting this information shared will keep me going. And most importantly, that will protect others to help them thrive instead of just survive. Go to howtobuyahome.com for more information and education. And if you want to find yourself a unicorn. Okay, let's wrap it up. The last S. This one's for you handy DIY people. Sweat equity. Now, it's a term you're going to hear a lot, but what it means is that you're using your sweat and your labor and your creativity to build or improve your property so that you will increase the value. So you bought the home for one price and then you put a little work into it. Now, obviously, your home's going to be worth more, which increases your equity. All those hours dreaming and watching HGTV may actually pay off. There you go. You are officially 20 minutes smarter now. So go forth and conquer. You can do this.